Utah Jazz preseason is over, and I learned six different things that I'll share next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider today on Locked on Jazz. Six things that I learned. Will Hardy, one of the three Jazz rookies is ready. Something about John Collins. Somebody's passing we really, really need. Did anyone look different? And a stylistic approach that I expect to see from this team. Those are the six things that I learned in preseason so far. We'll have that for you on today's show. As I mentioned, I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. And to the everydayers, thumbs up. The guy last night said hi to me. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you to the everydayers that make us click and are who we are. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, including YouTube. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Hope you're great. I'm sleepy. I- I'll tell you what. Just to share, maybe I'm older. Uh, maybe it was unique because we had a 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. in Seattle and a 4 a.m. back from Seattle. Uh, but I always tell everyone it's the greatest job in the world. Love it more than anything. Maybe it's because I do TV and that was so much more hard, so much harder for me. Um, but I always tell everyone that like the only thing is that like the season starts, your sleep pattern is just gone immediately. And it, it just never comes back. And you just kind of walk around in a stupor for s- six months. An adrenaline-driven, awesome stupor. Woo! Doggy! Is it back? Three hours sleep last night. And we're back up and at it again. I may have gotten too old for this. How does Ron Boone do this? It is awesome. He is my inspiration. Anyway. All right. YouTube question of the day. What did you learn in that? By the way, when I say YouTube question of the day, you can send it to me on Twitter as well. But it's our chat question of the day on YouTube. What did you learn from the preseason? Curious to know what you guys have to say. Um, all right. First thing I learned is that Will Hardy might have one of the hardest jobs in the NBA. I, I just am kind of mesmerized by this team and this grouping and how to coach this. It's just... I think this is a much more difficult coaching job and going to take some massive creativity than anything he had last year. Um, We kind of talked about this week that the Jazz are odd. And that was a quote from Tim Lacombe. And it just kind of resonated to me. And when it resonated to me, then I'm starting to watch. Like how you're working this five guards who all have strength, but all have significant weaknesses uh, and trying to figure it, figure them out when, like, 
And Jordan Clarkson's the best passer of the group. Like, that's a really big comment. Like, that's an interesting thing to me. Like, okay, because JC's really, you know, if we run around and talk about JC's strength, like, that's not high on the list usually. So when you suddenly have that JC's biggest strength is his passing, oh my. Or that our biggest, like, my biggest takeaway from last night was the opening play of the third quarter, which was a pick and roll on the left side of the floor. They rotate to the second side. Colin catches it, goes 45 straight downhill and scores it. And I'm like, okay, that's how you use Colin Saxon. And, and, and this is what Will tapped into last year. He's like, how do I maximize his superpower? Well, that is how you use Colin Sexton, 100%. Getting this team to always get the ball to the second side is not going to be the easiest thing. I mean, we just were allergic to passing for lots of last night. Now, Kelly wasn't playing, John wasn't playing, Lowry wasn't playing, Jordan wasn't playing. But I mean, my goodness, when the young kids came in, it was just like, let it fly. So I think this is just going to be a really difficult coaching job for Will Hardy. And he's going to have to be super creative. And I think we've already seen it in training camp. We ran, ran through the everydayers. Remember this? We ran through this like every iteration of every lineup and all the different things. And you guys did a wonderful job. We had a bunch of people submitted. No one, no one came up with Colin Sexton, Chris Dunn, Keontae George, Ochai Abaji, and Walker Kessler. No one, myself included. Like that's pretty creative. Starting lineup is going to be Taylor Orton Tucker and Jordan Clarkson. I, I don't think we went there. Like and then Collins going to cover the bench as a six-man and try to be used in that fashion with a wide-open spread floor so he can get downhill and use his superpower. You know, using the Will Hardy term superpower, we got a bunch of guys with superpowers. But they don't all complement each other. I watched him put in two new plays yesterday in shoot-around that were specifically designed, I think, to like help John Collins. And maybe other, some other guy, Lowry Marker, some other guys can use them as well. But it was an interesting, like, little twist on the offense that he made a change to that was just like the first, uh, yet another sign of him having to kind of be, get super creative in what he's doing to ex- use his players in a manner that makes it, gives them a chance. So first takeaway is this grouping, which we've discer- be- lovingly, have called odd. I mean, I do. I don't mean it like as a bad thing. Like, it's just odd. Like, your two best passers are Kelly Olenek and Jordan Clarkson. That's a unique concept. Your small forward is 7-1. Like, we roll out lineups a lot of times, the three guys that are 6-10, and then the next thing you do is you actually throw out a lineup that, that has four guards. So it's going to take that kind of creativity. That's my first takeaway. My second takeaway is that John Collins is going to take some time. That going from a heavy pick and roll team to a, a really a non-pick and roll team, right? Like we just really are not a pick and roll team. We run, I think... I don't I don't know, but I'm gonna guess we're running like 30 pick and rolls a game, and some people in the league are running 80 or 90. Like it just feels to me like we are not 
and and I understand why. Like our our coach, our t- players are better, frankly, in the drive game than we are in the pick and roll game. Like Colin Sexton's far better just catching on the weak side and going to the basket. Jordan Clarkson's better just going to work. Taylor Horton Tucker probably is better just going to work. Keontae's not sure yet. Chris Dunn certainly is just better going to work, getting his feet in the paint, playing that one-on-one game than bringing a seven-footer in on a pick-and-roll. And we would rather do those kind of things on pin-downs and flares and things of that nature. But I'm, I'm going to guess that we, we're running somewhere between 35 and 45 pick-and-rolls a game. And that's when you're probably just picking them for your spots. But we're running pin downs and drives and those kind of things instead. So that's a massive change for John Collins. He's going to have to play with the ball in his hands. He's going to have to get used to it. I do. I did think I saw Will Hardy put in two plays that, or two variations on plays that are solely for John Collins to get going. But this is a dramatic change. And the landscape, the the comparison to Lowry coming to the Jazz was was optimistic, creative, and fun. But the area where I think we all missed on that is that Lowry came into a team with a blank slate with almost nobody returning, with nothing that really was the same. And John Collins is assimilating into an established group. And those are two very, very different things. And so Lowry was able to kind of just come in and pretty quickly take over and it became his team. And he also, I think, is a better, like has more physical skills than John as a player. But this is a big change. And so we're going to have to give John Collins some time. I think we'll see like little flashes of it and he's going to figure out over time what he's going to do. All right, we'll talk on, uh, touch on Jordan Clarkson and our rookies as we continue on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located in Linden, Logan, and at 4646 South State Street. The Hyundai car lineup is just amazing. The Palisade is the big SUV. So gorgeous. The Kona is the small, zippy, fun one that's been kind of remodeled and looking great. It's like the Subaru um, little, what's the Subaru? I can't remember what it's called, but. Everyone has one. Like there's 1,200 of them out there, and this is the new version of the Murda of the Hyundai Kona, and it looks absolutely fabulous. And the two electric cars that are winning all of the awards, the five, the Ionic Five, which I'm driving every day, and awfully nice, and you don't have to stop at the gas station, um, which was the Motor Trend Car of the Year for SUVs, and then the 2023 World Car Award winner for the Car of the Year, World Electric Car of the Year, World Car Design of the Year is the Ionic 6. Stop by Murdoch Hyundai, located in Woods Cross, in Linden, excuse me, in Linden, in Logan, and at 4646 South State Street. Feel free to email me first so we can give you your VIP experience over at Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. The weekend is ahead of us. The NFL is here, and right now is the perfect time to be a part of FanDuel. Snap into the NFL action with America's number one sportsbook, Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, 
There's no better time to get into the action. The app's easy to use. The FanDuel Sportsbook has spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Plus, they have some fun parlay uh, games for you that you can play as well. All available for you at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Locked On. It is also the official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com today. New customers get $200 at FanDuel.com slash locked on in bonus bets. NFL weekend ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the NFL weekend ahead. Quick little look at the lines. The Lions are a three-point dog at Baltimore. That's pretty interesting. Cleveland's a three-point favorite on the road in Indianapolis. Chicago is a two-and-a-half-point favorite or dog at home against Las Vegas. So a lot of close games expected. The only blowout is the Bills are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the New England Patriots. That's all at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Monday through Friday, free and available for you on all podcasting apps. Great to have you aboard. Jazz open scrimmage Saturday at Delta Center, 11 a.m., Free for all. Should be super fun. Uh, make sure you come out. I was talking to Chris Dunn after the game last night. And like you, it's like, I have no idea how many people are going to come out to that. YouTube question today. What did you learn from the preseason? We've touched on two things already. We've got four more for you as we continue on the show. All right. One of the three rookies is ready to make a contribution. And that's Keontae George. That three 19-year-olds, probably what we should have expected. Three 19-year-olds and Keontae, the one who's healthy in summer league, um, has a moxie, has a confidence, and he is ready to help the Jazz win games. He is going to assist in winning basketball games. I think last night showed he's also going to have some tough moments. Frankly, what he shot in four preseason games, they've played five, and I don't have the updated numbers, but 39% from the field, 32% from three, which if that's what he had coming into last night, um, is kind of what I expect him to shoot for the entire season. The He had 18 free throw attempts in four games. Really, really good. His assisted turnover ratio was 2-1, to one, which is better than his collegiate rate, so that's good. Um, but that's it is what I expect, 39%, 32% from three. Like, the league's hard. I think we saw that last night. Last night was a little bit of a kind of tutorial for him. He just kind of forced up some shots. He's not quite sure when a shot's a good shot yet. He drove into the basket and ran into trees. Um, he got himself into a good deal of trouble last night going 2 of 12 from the field, one of six from three. Uh, But I think, you know, he plays with a moxie. He plays with a confidence. I think he's going to get better every single time he's out there because of that. I love his mentality of high aspiration while understanding he has to work day in and day out to get better. Um, It's interesting, you know, like Thurl had a really interesting conversation with him the other day um, about like what this has been like. And and his, his biggest comment has been that the off the season, off the court stuff's the hardest. And, you know, what I think he means by, by that is, and, and actually it's very interesting to me. I'll share, like I have, my daughter is playing division one sports right now and she's basically the same age as these kids. And so I'm watching Keontae and Bryce and Taylor. And like, they're literally within a year Walker's one year, exact same birthday as my son. So like, this is, I'm watching these kids as though they're my kids. You know, my daughter is playing division one golf, which, okay, whatever you can decide what you think of it, but 
The fact is that she's up at 6 a.m. in the gym and then by 7.30 she's at training table and then classes start at 9 and she has classes until noon where she's then back at training table with her teammates and then she practices from 1 to 6, none of it all, not all of it NCA regulated because that would be illegal and then she has dinner from 6 at 6.30 and then she goes back to her dorm with a bunch of dorm mates and she made the comment to my wife the other day who went to see her because she played in some other tournament like, wow, it's I, I really like everyone, I'm having a great time, but it's nice to be away. Like I've just been around people forever. She goes to a tournament and plays and she stays in a house with her teammates or she stays with a roommate. Keontae is one year away from that. So is Taylor. So is Bryce. Their lives. I mean, they were playing more high profile sport, but they, their lives with the exact same. That's what a division one athletes life is. And now they're going to practice at nine o'clock in the morning to or probably get there at nine to have breakfast. And then practice starts at 10. 11 maybe they get there at 9 30 and then practice is over at 12 30 or and they do treatment till one and then they leave the facility at 1 15 1 30 and, and they're just done for the day like they can come back and shoot more if they wanted but like what are they doing and they're going back to either the girlfriend or taylor's mom is in town kiata's got his girlfriend here um i'm not sure i'm bryce but they don't have anything else to do that day like and there's no one around and most of their teammates have families, right? Lowry's going back to his wife and kids, and and Jordan's going back to his girlfriend. And Chris, I don't know Chris's situation, but like, okay, like there's no like Taylor's Taylor's going back to his girlfriend and his baby, like, like that's like there's no one. Kelly's going to his wife, back to his wife. Like they're they're not hanging, they're not chilling. Like it's just a crazy different world. So Keontae was really open with Thurl about this, like that. That's been the biggest jump. For Taylor and Bryce, they're just not ready yet to contribute to win. Bryce, I think it's still physically getting ready off that knee injury, having not played summer league. He's going to play. I think it's going to be super exciting to watch him just play a ton of G League. Like, he's going to play. I think he'll be a G League staple. Guys get hurt. We'll move him up. But until guys get hurt, I think Bryce goes to play G League. He's just not close yet physically, I think. And get him confidence in the knee. Believe he's okay. Getting a little bit better physical condition when he can go every day. And then Taylor's just got to learn. Like, none of Watching Taylor at University of Central Florida, what I'm seeing now is not a huge surprise. The only one actually that was a surprise to me last night is how little he passed. I didn't know that. I think he was eager to prove himself. Um, and Thurl, again, super interesting when we were on TV together, when Thurl made the comment about the pressure of being the seventh pick or the pressure of being the ninth pick. Uh, but Taylor, um, I don't think he just has a feel for it yet. Like, it's fast. And, like, there's just he's probably short on his 10,000 hours of basketball what it gets down to with Taylor. So anytime a G League court time is going to be really, really valuable for him. So one of the three rookies is ready to contribute. The second thing I learned is that we need Jordan Clarkson's passing. To me, and a little bit of this was playing the LA Clippers versus the Portland Trailblazers, so better sample size will tell as time goes on. But we really need Jordan Clarkson's passing. When Colin Sexton and Taylor Horton Tucker are on the floor together, there's just not enough passing. And so... Kelly Olenek and Jordan Clarkson are the ball movers on this roster, as crazy as that is. But Jordan makes the right play a lot, almost all the time now. Swinging to the corner, driving, finding the far side corner, penetrating the lane with his head up with the intention of moving it. Collins a little bit more predetermined, like he'll have shot two or three times in a row and know he's supposed to pass the next time. At least that's my feeling last year. I'm not sure I've seen it this year. Taylor is a natural one-on-one player who does pass and has a good assist rate, but it's after he's made his move. It's not in kind of a ball-moving manner. So that we really need Jordan's moxie, passing, calmness, veteran aspect 
on the floor. That that became clear to me watching. And so that's why I think Jordan will start. I had Jordan in the starting lap the whole time. A little bit more because I just didn't think that you could go to Jordan after starting off last year and say, hey, by the way, you're not starting this year. Turned out Will Hardy was able to do that in the first game of the year, gave Colin a fair shot, and then it really shows Colin's going to be better as a sixth man, coming off the bench, in a spread floor, open floor, driving to the basket, doing his things. This is where Will's just got to be super creative. This goes back to the first takeaway I had. Like, Will has work to do. This is this is a lineup where it is a jigsaw puzzle of odd pieces, and some are round, and some are square, and some are this, and some are that, and they semi-fit together, but they don't really fit together. And then you got to make sure that and then a few of them do this together, and, like, it's it's not an easy task. task. So Jordan's passing, I think, is vital. Jordan's going to play a lot. And I actually think this team's just going to be very different when Jordan's on the floor compared to when Jordan's not on the floor. He just feels he just feels really vital to me in everything this team is doing this year. Now, he had 12 assists and 11 turnovers in the preseason. So, you know, that's not fabulous. I don't want to turn him into like Magic Johnson, but um, that he really did feel like he's he was that important to where we are, what we're trying to do, and, and how we play. Um, all right, two more takeaways for you. One stylistic and one what we learned about the roster and players. Um, so that's what continues as we continue on Locked on Jazz. The world is certainly shaky at times and uncertain and unclear what's going to happen next, whether it's climate change or disruptions or Middle East or whatever it might be. And this is where the Jace Medical is now offering customizable Jace cases with dozens of add-on medications to allow you to choose the best fit for you and your family's unique needs. What Jace case is here for you to be able to do is to have a little bit of control in and be empowered to take care of yourself and loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from an online evaluation to a licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Do not get unprepared. The Jace case is here for you from Jace Medical. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of the board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care with the physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. It's the Jace case. Go to jacemedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at $20 for a discount on your order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. Also, gift cards available to buy for a family member or loved one so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com, enter the code Locked On to check out for a $20 discount on your order. That's the promo code Locked On at jasemedical.com. Open scrimmage on Saturday, 11 o'clock for you. Free. Get there. Utah Jazz Jazz Plus. Subscribe now to Jazz Plus. All game streamed as well. Exclusive content. Just $125 a season. That's less than $1.50 game. Plus, if you have Roku, you can just take your app and put it up on the screen and then watch the game that way. It's kind of a it's kind of great. This next takeaway. I don't know if people would agree with me. I don't think anyone's dramatically different. 
I don't know why we thought anyone would be dramatically different, but it didn't strike me that any of our guys were considerably a different player than they were when the season ended. Talon's more confident shooting a three, but I haven't seen enough to know that's going to go in. Ochai didn't seem dramatically different to me. Colin seemed very similar. Chris Dunn was very similar. Walker seemed similar. Simone had a nice night last night. Simone, I talked to some scouts last night who believe in Simone. No one, Kelly's Kelly. No one on our roster struck me as dramatically or considerably different than what I anticipated to see. There's no big, wow, so-and-so is so much better at this. Um, the Jazz did a wonderful job with a developing Ochai last year. And so most of the Ochai jump, I think, happened a year ago. Um, and I and he's older, so maybe there won't be as big a jump um, this year. But he doesn't. He didn't strike me as either now all of a sudden a forty-five percent three-point shooter or a vastly increased handle or something different. Walker doesn't look to me to be like I think we'll have to watch this as he's playing the zoo box early in the year and those types. Uh, and Nurkic, like I can't tell if he seems stronger. Um, I think he is stronger. But, you know, having that manifest inside your game is the other element of it. Um, Lucas Samanich, who has this wonderful body and incredible skill level, did not have, like, a great preseason to suddenly say, like, oh, it all clicked in for the 23-year-old Lucas Samanich. So I, I didn't see anyone that is crazy different to me than they were when we came into camp. Um, When I... And none of the five guards, Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn played exactly like, which is great because Chris Dunn was really good last year. Talon, Colin, Chris Dunn, Keontae, none of them play like Keontae didn't leave me to believe he's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Like Donovan had this, but Donovan Mitchell also, by the way, just to let me be, let's, let's do a quick reminder to everybody on this one. Um, Donovan Mitchell at this point did not look like he was going to be Donovan Mitchell either. Um, a quick, quick reminder of the 17-18 season. Donovan Mitchell's first games, three for 11, one for seven, one for seven. He missed seven straight threes to open the year, seven for 20, one for seven. He, at that point, was three of 19 from three. He then had a pretty good game against the Lakers, followed with a 17-minute dud against Dallas, and then went, then kind of clicked in against Portland and Toronto before back-to-back duds, three of 21 in Philadelphia and really a low moment. I think that was the night where he had like one assist in 21 shot attempts and was noticeably overwhelmed. A five of 14 against Miami, and then he clicked in. But the first 12 games of Donovan Mitchell's career, he shot 34% and 32% from three. And the first five games of Donovan Mitchell's career, he shot 25% from the field and 17% from three. So the fact that Keontae at this moment does not look like he's going to be Donovan Mitchell, the reminder would be that Donovan Mitchell didn't look like Donovan Mitchell at this point of the season. My last takeaway I kind of alluded to earlier is stylistically, we're just not a pick and roll team. We're going to be a drive team. Like we're spacing the floor. It's in a manner that we're creating one-on-one drive opportunities. And what's going to be interesting about this is as we're a drive team, it also going to be interesting to see whether we are a pass team. 
Like sometimes you run a pick and roll just like we did the other night. You ran a pick and roll action on the left side. You swung, swung, Colin Sexton downhill, layup, beautiful play. Kind of the, the play that obviously resonated with me the most last night. But we're a lot of just spread the floor, come up into offense, get them five out spacing, get them four outs and, and, and go. We're an off ball screen team. Like, that's what we were last year. Last year, and this is not a dramatic change, by the way. If you go back to last season, it feels more accentuated than last year, I will say. So last year, we were 19th league in passes. We were third in the league in drives. We were 20th in the league in isolation. We were post-trade with Mike Conley gone. We were 26th in the league in picks. At like 60 a game, I feel like we're at 40 right now. We were fifth in the league post-trade, third in the league for the season in off-ball screens. We were in the middle of the pack on handoffs. I I think we're going to be one or two in off-ball screens and 28th or 29th in picks. And a drive team. It's just how the roster is set and what our skill sets are. That's my anticipation. Is that's who we are offensively. So I think you're going to see a lot of off ball pin downs in the corners, actions in the corners, which are almost pick and rolls, really. Like if someone's setting a pick for Lowry and they go under it, then he's supposed to pop back out. And then the ball handler's got to get him the pass right there. And he shoots the three. It's not that different than playing pick and roll at the top. And they go under and you step back and take the three. You know, it's, if you're in four out spacing, it's a pit, which it means Walker's down on the baseline. It's a pin down. Lowry's coming on the curl, and now you're going to force their defender to make a decision. You're either hitting Walker for a lob dunk or you're hitting the far side corner. It's a little bit of the same thing. As you're coming off the pick and roll, you've got an advantage. They're trailing. They pull in and you hit it to the corner. If they, they pull in and you bounce it into the side. So we're just do a lot of our stuff from the corners off off ball screens to get our actions. It's not that different than pick and roll from the top, but that's how we're doing it. We're not running pick and roll from the top with our guards in a center coming and just spacing the traditional way, the way Quinn did with Rudy. We're just running a lot more out of the corners. And that's clear to me that that's who we are as a team. All right, that is my take, my six takeaways from training camp next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we'll see. I have a little operation on Tuesday. On the left knee to get ready for ski season. So I'll try to get a show out before that. And then uh, Wednesday, we'll see how I feel. Uh, Danny, I think there's a press conference on Monday or Tuesday with Ryan and Danny at some point coming. So we'll have that news for you. And get your Jazz Plus. Have a great one. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Have a wonderful weekend.